Who knew that uh, Podbean was trending on YouTube? Uh, my last video is me talking about Podbean sucking, and it's got more hits than uh, many of my videos. So thank you for watching, and, and please subscribe. You know, I'm trying to get to that 1,000 uh, subscribers, um, not really just so I can make money, but more so that YouTube doesn't get to keep all the money. They used to be if you were under 1,000 subscribers. Um, they didn't put ads on your videos, but now they do. So... Um, so that's just the, the way it is. But yeah, so, you know, I got Podbean because I've had my uh, podcast on Anchor for quite some time. And Anchor has its good and bad things, but it's easy to use. They throw you up on all to all the different podcast venues. Pretty much now what I do is I put my YouTube onto the uh, Anchor app and they make it really easy. You can just download the video up there. And that was one of the things you can't do with Podbean. You can't just take a video and put it onto their app. Plus, like when you use your phone, it didn't uh, put Podbean, a lot of times it wouldn't upload the episode. It would upload all the other stuff. And then you'd go on the website and be like, oh, I thought I uploaded that episode. And all it did was put the title in the description. And it was very confusing, difficult to work with. And they have this monetized thing that doesn't really work. And so I, after only a few weeks, realized that, yeah, I just need to get rid of it. Um, just clunky, didn't really work well. So I thought, well, I looked and I said, oh, they have a seven-day grace period. So I was like, ah. I'm out to 100 bucks, which I probably shouldn't have spent $108 because I paid for a year, which because I'd heard good reviews. So I figured, you know what? I'm just so tired of it. I just want to end it now. So I canceled the subscription, wrote him a note saying, you know, about how I was not happy with the product. One of the other irritating things is just like when you're on your computer working on the site, you have to constantly log in. I've never been on a site that you have to log in and out so much. I mean, even financial sites don't ask you so much. Not really sure. I wrote them a note asking about that question. They never answered it. Um, I asked them about other questions about why things weren't uploading. Never really got responses. It's kind of funny when I wrote that I was canceling my account and would love to get like a refund of some sort. I got an immediate email saying, sorry, you're leaving. Uh, we're keeping your money. And I said, well, that's fine and dandy, I guess. I'll get my $108 out on bitching and complaining. And then when you know it, a few hours later, they said they're going to send me a refund. So it's nice that they're sending me the refund. I think they really should. Having a seven-day use period for something as difficult or complex as a podcast is kind of ridiculous. I think you need to use it for a little bit longer than that to really see what the features are like and see if you can actually use it to your benefit. <clears throat> One of the things is really, I thought with uh, Podbean, I mean, I'm sure maybe it's other things. Anchor, you know, they put it on Overcast, they put it on Apple, they put it on Amazon, they put it on everywhere. I mean, granted, now they're owned by Spotify, which is whatever, but I mean, that's where everybody's going now. I mean, the guys I really like, Joe Rogan is on there. Uh, Bill Simmons is on there. One of the things, I don't like the Spotify podcast app either. It's very clunky and difficult to use. It's not like Overcast where, you know, it uploads my the podcast I want to listen to, and then I can just be on my merry way. Um, you've got to, like, you upload, like, Joe Rogan stuff, but then when you play it, it forgets where you're at. It doesn't really organize it. It doesn't organize multiple. You can't have playlists. Like Overcast, you can have smart playlists. So I really don't like it at all either. But So I'm sticking with Anchor and um, change the title to You Hear That, Mr. Anderson. And uh, so thank you guys for all watching and listening. And hopefully uh, Anchor will improve their way they're doing things on there. And I'm trying to work on these YouTube videos as much as possible. As I talked about, last decade was about how far I could go. Then I had my fall almost a year ago where I couldn't do anything for six, seven weeks. Ended up in the hospital for the first time in my life, congestive heart failure. 
Now I'm kind of back. I'm actually doing pretty well. And so this decade is more about how fast. It's not too fast, but I'm not really looking to do like the ultra scene as much. I may do an ultra here and there. I am signed up for one or two of them still this year, but I haven't signed up for anything new. I've got a half marathon coming up and a 25K and looking forward to that. So I'm trying to back off of just the miles and miles. I mean, I did 100 mile weeks for years and years. I think I almost did 5,000 miles a week for the entire 2010 to 2020 uh, year, that whole decade. So I bought myself, and you can see it right here, my my Proform. You know, I looked at lots of different bikes. I almost bought a NordaTrack, and then I heard about Proform, which is owned by NordaTrack, and you can use the iFit program, which I enjoy a lot. And it's like half the price is like $6.99 instead of, you know, $1,200. So I got the thing. And it was working, but when I assembled it, and anybody who knows me, I'm terrible at assembling things. I'm good on internet stuff, you know, things where you just turn it off, shut it back on, try, try, do this, do that. But when you got to put something together in a specific way, I'm terrible. Thankfully, I found a video, put it together. But one of the things I didn't realize, so I'm riding it, but I put the, it had this little box that you, on the back of it, I don't know why I'm showing it with my hands, but you put the batteries in and it's upside down. And I was like, man, the batteries looks like it should be holding like five or six batteries. These AAA batteries, it's a delicate balance. And so they're always slipping out and stuff. And I was really frustrated. I was thinking, man, how did I, you know, why do they design it like this? You know, it says made in China. You know, when I was a kid, I'm 57 now. You saw made in China, made in Japan. You knew it was a piece of junk. So I thought, ah, you know. And so I finally, I called up tech support. I got a hold of this nice young lady and it was really nice. I know I bitch about this a lot, especially like DoorDash and Grubhub. They hire people who don't speak American English and it's really difficult to figure out how to do things. So I talked to this nice young lady who spoke, you know, English that both me and her understood. They had this kind of cool app and I was able to show her a video and it just told you to put batteries in and I didn't realize somehow I actually got a double A battery machine to work with three triple A's. And so <laughs> felt pretty Pretty dumb that I was putting uh, AAA batteries into a AA battery box. So now I've got it all sealed up and I'll be riding my bike. And what I do is I do my hour and a half, two hour workout in the morning. I've been doing a lot of chugging, which is run a quarter, walk a quarter. In the afternoons, I'm trying to do 20, 30 minutes on the bike and then go out and do 20, 30 minutes. And of course, throwing in my kettlebell and uh, CrossFit training. In fact, yesterday, I moved all the way up to a 35 pound bell and I did it in five and a half minutes. So pretty soon I'll have to buy a 40 pound bell, my poor UPS guy. On to some endurance news, which is uh, you know February 11, 2021. Um, Greg Thornley, who is the race director of Western States, he sent, he sent out this tweet. He says, I had a runner ask me if we had secured permits for Western States. And he basically said, on a normal year, we don't have the signed permits until race week. That's the way it works with the U.S. Uh, Forest Service, the feds. Um, the state and Placer, the county. It's one of the many reasons that RDs are not good sleepers. And yeah, I didn't realize it, but I do have friends who put on races. In fact, it's interesting. I just had someone reach out to me wanting to do a study about racing and race directors and kind of some of the issues that have been going on. But one of the things that's really crazy with Western states, you know, they can only have a couple hundred people in the field. And that's because it runs through some national forest early on in the race and so they're limited to basically how many people they had in the early years of the race and at least they're allowed to let you have the race you know unlike Badwater, Badwater is now you cannot finish on the top of Mount Whitney because you cannot have races in National Forest so it's kind of weird that you know so they've got so many limited people all these people are trying to run western states because there's books about it videos about it all this kind of stuff and so you've got 
thousands of people trying to get a couple hundred spots. And it's just crazy. And I've been battling back and forth on Twitter, kind of jokingly went away. But one of the things I really think is crazy is that you've got so many people trying to do Western states that we need to limit how many people can apply and run the thing. And one of the big pet peeves I have is that you can qualify with 100K and get into the lottery. So you never even have to run 100 miles and you can do, you can sign up and try and get into Western states. Now, I gave up trying to do trail ultras, especially 100-mile races. I'm just not that much of a runner. Being a big guy, 250 pounds, 57 years old, especially at night, I'm tripping and falling. So after missing San Diego 100, probably almost a decade ago, by five minutes at mile 75, I quit doing it. But I finished 19 races over 100 miles or longer. I've crewed and paced races in the Western States, Badwater, Tahoe 100, Tahoe 200, San Diego 100, Angels Crest, Tons of Santa Barbara 100, tons of races. And so I've been there, and there's a huge difference between 100K and 100 miles. I mean, you know, we just had Walmsley almost break the world record in 100K. You know, and he was around six hours, whereas, you know, he runs 100 miles in 15 hours. Big difference. And so I don't understand why Western States allows people to qualify for their lottery, which is greatly impacted. It takes now six, seven years sometimes to get in, especially whenever there's a fire or now we had COVID, rollovers, and it's just so crazy. But they say um, that, well, they like to see that, you know, Cinderella story of someone qualifying with 100K and Western States is their first 100-mile race. And I'm like, well, everybody wants to do Boston, and Boston's not nearly as impacted as western states but you can't get into boston by running a half marathon so you shouldn't be able to get into western states by running 100k um, this weekend there's a big uh, 100k in arizona and tons of people are going to be out there getting their qualifier for the lottery you know got to do six i think 17 hours 16 minute pace and so those people will qualify and then the lottery will be even bigger impact and like I remember watching one podcast, they're talking about the Western States dilemma is that, you know, you get excited, you read a book, you're not much of a runner, maybe you never ran in your life. And then all of a sudden you're jumping into 100Ks when you're not really ready. And the reason you're doing that is so you can start picking up tickets for the lottery. So every time you lose every year, you get more tickets at some the formula like two four eight or 16 something like that every year and so then the problem is what if you get picked that's even worse because now you're unprepared you don't have any shot in the world of finishing western states and you're taking up a ticket for the race the other thing that's really kind of interesting and i've seen people do this especially i remember for a while there you know the iron man guys really got into doing 100 miles i remember being at san diego 100 for a couple of years and it was like the old times cult you know a small little click small little thing with a few people ultra runners and then one year it was the ultra people i mean not the ultra people the iron man people showed up and they had these huge groups with their all their friends and family and you know they were there just to qualify for the western states because it was a bucket list you know you could tell with all the tattoos everybody had their iron man tattoos on them and you know the problem with that is you've got a race where it's got such a limited amount of people can do it and you're going to allow these people to come do it and leave and so these people aren't really contributing to the community and to the scene they're not volunteering at races they're not crewing and pacing at racing and so they just basically 
do Western States and are gone. And I just feel that with such a limited field, we need to really definitely change that. No disrespect to all the people out there who are going to try and qualify the lottery. I get it. You want to run it. Um, and good luck. And hopefully the people that really, really want to do the race will be rewarded when the lottery happens back way back in December. And that was another issue they talked about in the podcast too, is that because so many people want to keep their tickets, and if you don't get tick, if you don't qual- get a qualifier this year, you lose all those tickets. So you end up having to do the same races over and over and over, and it hurts up and coming races that can't get qualifiers. Speaking of well-known ultras, the Comrades Marathon, which is a fifty-six mile race. In South Africa, they're not going to have it. It was scheduled in June, and I know that there were a few people that had the dilemma of, do I run Comrades or do I do where I run Western States? Well, now they don't have to worry about that. Uh, Badwater is going to be happening so far at least. 55 people who uh, got didn't get to run last year have decided to go and run this year, and that race course is in July, and there's 45 spots available, and you can start applying for that. Badwater does have a rule that you've got to at least finish 300-mile races or longer, and you got to fill out a resume, and you've got to prove that you know you've been part of the community, that you've crewed and paced at Badwater or the races, that you volunteered at races, and I think that's a much better model. I mean, it has some issues as well, but at least that's the way they work it at Badwater. So definitely, if you're looking to go to Badwater, you know, fill out that application and see if you can get in. I was out there a couple years ago with my good friend Carla Kent and paced and crewed her to like her seventh or eighth overall finish. I think she's got nine in a row finishes. Of course, not counting last year because they did not have the race. Besides race noise, I enjoy following some people on Twitter that are more talking about training and mindset and that type of stuff. Morgan Pearson says, lessons to younger self. You don't deserve to be good because you work hard at something. You work hard for the chance to be good. Really like that. Rick Bergman says, if you want to be the best, don't worry about beating the best, but being with the best. Surround yourself with people who admire performance is contagious. So are core values. And that's so true. You know, that's why you're seeing, and I really like it, you know, that here in America, we've got lots of training camps are getting together in Flagstaff and around the country and training together and building each other up and being successful. And of course, those training groups are also actually putting on quite a few races as well. Brad Stuttleberg, who I often quote, he says, imagine your goal is to win a gold medal or write a bestseller. Well, it's your ultimate end game. Then you might struggle to move forward regardless of the outcome, win or loss. But if your principle is mastery, that's something that lives on forever. And I talk about that with endurance sports. People think it's just kind of this mindless endeavor. But, you know, I compare endurance sports to tennis or golf. You're always working on your technique, your training, and those kind of things. So just because you're just going forward, you know, with purpose, there's still things that you definitely have to think about. Uh, Hal Higgin wrote about one of the things that people definitely get confused about. It says, don't count on losing weight while training for a long-distance race. Cutting calories is not a good idea as miles mount. Losing weight is not easy, and people differ greatly in their abilities to shed pounds. As your mileage climbs, you need to eat more food, not less. And I remember reading about, um, you know, that's a Galen Rupp and other uh, other athletes. They have their racing weight, but then they have their training weight. You know, so when they get close to race, they try and get as lean as they should. But during training, they keep on a few pounds just to stay healthy and, you know, become, new, you know, hydrated and, you know, full of nutrients because you've got to have something to train. Nick Willis says, there are two types of coach-athlete relationships, one where the coach helps the athlete reach his or her goals and one where the athlete helps the coach reach his or her goals. 
probably middle ground also, but I know which end of the spectrum the more healthy relationship is. And yeah, I saw that a lot when I was coaching, especially high school. There was a lot where it was all about the coach's goals. And of course, yeah, when I started my run camp in 2009, I definitely, you know, enjoyed doing that. But then quickly I saw that there were people copying what I was doing and they were more more worrying about how they were as a coach and doing stuff like that. So it's very unfortunate. Training Peaks, which I use for my training, really enjoy it. In fact, I've been doing some really good 5Ks lately. They says, if your motivation exceeds your perceived pain, then you will you will be able to continue. If your pain is stronger than your mind, you will give into the pain and let off the pace. And isn't that true? Definitely true. Hanson and Ron says, when it comes to training, the newest thing is exciting. It's fresh and attracts many. The tried and true is boring and monotonous, and it works. Long-term success comes from belief in established training philosophies and hard work. And that's why my saying is, you know, stay healthy, be boring, not epic. To wrap things up, there's some stuff that's going to be on uh, you know, television or YouTube. Except a guy who, of course, broke the world record in the 5K in February last year and of uh, 12.51 on the roads, and then he did 12.35 in August. He is going to be back in Monaco running that 5K. be interesting to see how fast he goes. Um, this is kind of good. It's a public service announcement. There is no NBC Sports Gold Track and Field Pass in 2021. I ended up breaking down and paying for the pass, their coverage is terrible. They often leave in the middle of distance events or miss the finishes, um, but it's neither here nor there. But it sounds one of the good things is that all this stuff is going to be on Peacock Premium for $4.99 a month. And I already own uh, Peacock Premium because I just can't stand watching commercials anywhere. Kind of funny. I was talking to you guys about, you know, how uh, I want to get monetized on this channel but then again you can do what i do i pay for youtube premium so i don't have to see the commercials and it says that uh peacock premium which is owned by nbc will have all the diamond leagues cool world relays i really want to look forward to doing that world under 21 and other um events some of the world marathon events uh speaking of television of course i had to watch it on regular network tv and my gosh the commercials are terrible but um you know, talking about uh, Brady, I'm sure you've seen this on YouTube, but Brady throwing the Lombardi Trophy to another boat, not that shocking. One, the dude is the greatest person in history of throwing things for other people to catch, and he's handled more Lombardi Trophies than any other human. The physics of those things are second nature to him. Yeah, it was interesting that he is now um, won seven titles, which is, and the Patriots have won six, and the Steelers have won six, so he's one more than both those organizations. Speaking, uh, this was kind of funny, kind of mean. It says NFL memes breaking. NFL announces all super all future Super Bowls will be held in Dallas in order to ensure no team ever gets a home field advantage again. Burn. Of course, when I was growing up in the '80s, the Dallas teams were great. Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman and all those guys. But it's not happening anymore. And to wrap this up, Rich Gonzalez, who I really enjoy following, Prep Cal Track, he says, breaking news, CIF State reinstates a waiver from bylaws for the time being in all sports and football. This means student-athletes can participate on both high school and club, te club teams concurrently, concurrently for the time being in all sports except for football. Wow, that's pretty amazing um, that they're going to do that. I know I ran into that issue quite a bit. When I was coaching cross country at Bakersfield High, a lot of our athletes were playing club soccer and, of course, in track as well. So it's interesting to see you here in California, at least. That's what's going on. So that's about it for Endurance News. Please subscribe. And um, as I always say, stay healthy, be boring, not epic.